Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Jose Tovar, our producer today. Um... Got, got a good show planned for you today. Some interesting information to pass along to you as well. Uh, first of all, I tell you when I'm wrong. I tell you when I'm right. This time, I was right as far as the Hall of Fame con- concerned. I thought Maurer. I thought Helton. I thought Beltray would get in. They did. We can argue if other people should have gotten in or not. Uh, next year, Ichiro is on the ballot. He, I mean, no-brainer. He'll be in the Hall of Fame after next year. Uh, and then uh, yesterday, Larry emailed. I didn't get a chance to. I got emails late. He asked if I favored Pete Rose's induction. He says, I do strongly the day after he dies. Yikes. And and that whole thing, if you would have asked me that five years ago, I would have have leaned to yes, but after he once again lied, after lying before, he just can't help himself and he doesn't belong. He does from a you know, statistics standpoint, without question. Uh, but I, I, if I were a voter, uh, I would not vote for him. Uh, this is interesting, and I hope that Gator softball is going to use this uh, as fuel. The SEC uh, preseason poll came out. And uh, Florida is picked to finish seventh in the SEC this year. Seventh. Now, the defending SEC champion is Tennessee. They were picked to win the SEC. Uh, Georgia, number two. And yet, Florida had one first-place vote. Think about that. The order of finish... Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, A&M, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. The preseason All-SEC softball team, Skylar Wallace, is on it, uh, and Kendra Falby is also uh, on it. So... Congratulations to them. But uh, seventh in the SEC, that you don't see that much. And I think a lot of that is because of what Florida is in the circle. That while they do have talent, I think, uh, it's unproven talent to this point. That that may be uh, why that is. 
Uh, get him in his basketball tonight. Get your thoughts on the game. And then I want to ask this question. I was sent an email, uh, and it was a long one, which I could not read on the air, but I did uh, respond to, uh, about the game day experience and NIL. Let me ask this question. I certainly understand, at least in my eyes, that college football is becoming more like the NFL. And I also understand that the old days of watching, you know, player X get recruited as a freshman and then, you know, stay here four years or five years and, you know, he leaves a gator, blah, 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 all that. Well, obviously, that is happening much, much, much less. There is all, and I'm sure not just on this show, there's all kinds of talk about NIL and where the sport is heading and all of that, and I certainly understand that. But let me ask this question, and I hope you'll respond to this today. Do you think, do you think that will change all that's happened? Do you think that will change your game day experience because I don't think it will at all and I'm going to prove myself in that the swamp last year was sold out so where's all the NIL talk then where's all the doom and gloom then did it affect your game day experience did it affect how you root for Florida or whatever team you root for. I just don't see that. Also, yesterday after the show, several emails regarding Lomas Brown and his appearance yesterday. Uh, for those who don't know and or missed it, uh, Lomas, of course, played here a long time in the NFL, uh, played for the Lions. He's now one of the Lions radio guys, and uh, he also talked about the 84 uh, team, which got its title stripped away. Charles in Tampa says he was a student in the early to mid-80s and witnessed the great football teams from that era. Not only should the 84 team be honored, but Lomas Brown should be in the Florida Ring of Honor. Thank you for having him on your radio program, and please invite his teammates to attend future shows this year. I'm going to throw out that question. Do you think at halftime or whatever it is at a Gator game that 84 team should be honored? Tell me why you think it should. Tell me why you think it shouldn't. Joe uh, emailed uh, about um, a baseball thing. I will get to that in a second. And uh, he talked about uh, uh, Brooks Robinson. So we'll take your calls, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf. Dot com. That's Jose. Hopefully, we'll take your calls. James said, in honor of the MLB inductions, a stat that will never be broken. In 1993, Carlos Baerga, remember him, of the Indians, became the first player in MLB history to switch hit home runs in the same inning versus two guys named Steve. Steve Howe 
and Steve Farr. I doubt that record will ever be broken. Because specifically about two homers in one inning, each side of the plate, by the way, against a guy named Steve. I think that's pretty safe. I, I would, if you're going to give me dollars to spend on making a bet, uh, I would really, really enjoy that bet. Jonesy says, how amazing is it that Mahomes has been the quarterback for the Chiefs six years, but in the AFC Championship game every year, which has never happened before. As you look at his career, which has been short, where would you rank him among quarterbacks in the history of the NFL? I'll throw that question out too. He has been there a short time, but he's won Super Bowls, right? Where would you rank him? Think of all the great quarterbacks. Where would you rank Patrick Mahomes? He'd be in my top five. Top of my head. He'd be in my top five. I don't think there's any question he'd be in the top five. And yet, when you watch him, you know, he doesn't do anything that wows you in terms of like throws rockets or but he just he he knows how to play the quarterback position. Uh he's really good. So there we go. Gator baseball begins practices for the new season Friday. Two thirty. Intersquad scrimmage at four thirty. Uh and then they're gonna have an open scrimmage at noon Saturday. And uh they're all open. You can go out and see the new edition of the 2024 Gator baseball team. So that's good, too. Uh, we're going to talk to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, talk a little NFL, the playoffs, et cetera. And uh, I'm going to try to see where this came from, but I saw it this morning. I was just looking uh, on X. They had a listing of the top 300 draft prospects for this year. There were three Gator players on it. That's it. The highest ranking was Ricky Pearsall at 116. Agakwin and uh, uh, Keon Zipper were the other ones. 1212, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quateraro. Todd Golden and company return to the O-Dome tonight for an SEC tilt with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Gators are 7-1 in Gainesville this season and will look to continue their home dominance against the gritty Mississippi State team searching for its first road win of the year. You can tune in to live coverage right here starting at 8 o'clock. Switching over to boys high school hoops, Eastside and Santa Fe clash tonight, as well as North Marion who takes on Wildwood. In the NBA, after a surprising move to fire Adrian Griffin, the Milwaukee Bucks are finalizing a deal to hire Doc Rivers as the team's new head coach. The preseason SEC softball coaches poll came out Wednesday and the Gators were selected to come in 7th. They'll open the season on February 9th against Oregon State. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quartararo. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Rhodey Boys Ranch in Palatka helps young boys who come from difficult home environments. Now, a lot of charities do things like that. And this one is a little bit different because it does help these kids, but these kids also earn what they get. 
They take your donations of either unused or unwanted vehicles, and then they fix them, they resell them, and by doing that, they learn real-life skills they'll need to help better their lives. That's certainly a good thing. Don't forget, whatever you donate, boat, car, SUV, motorcycle, whatever it is, it is a tax-deductible donation. To learn more, Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. I was in a car accident that ultimately resulted in the death of my best friend. I initially contacted another law firm and I thought I was confident in that decision. As time went on, I was at a loss. I eventually reached out to Melvin Law from a family friend who knows Carrie himself and I gave him a call and they completely changed everything for me. If we can help you, give us a call at 1-800-373-8000. At Melvin Law, we won't back down. Letatronics World help you simplify your life at home. The professionals at EW can custom design, install, and program a URC total control automation and control system to put the operation of video, audio, locks, lighting, custom shades, thermostat, and more at your fingertips. You'll also be able to monitor your surveillance cameras in just one app. Take control of your life at home with a little assistance from Electronics World. Online at electronicsworld.net. Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Coming up at four, it's the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Scott Strickland, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Welcome back to Sports Scene. NFL playoffs, championship games, KC Baltimore in the AFC, and Detroit Frisco. In the NFC, we'll talk that and much more. NFL, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, now joins us. Brad, always good to have you. Thank you uh, for doing this. Um, I kind of like the home teams here this weekend. What say you? I'm with you on that one. I think there are some matchups that are quite favorable for both the home teams here. And, and I want to say this without taking anything away from what both of the you know non-home uh, teams did so far, but when I do look at the wins that Kansas City got, a Miami Dolphins team that was just decimated with injury on defense, you bring them into the frozen tundra, Tua can't really throw the ball, and you get a win there. 
And then, obviously, Buffalo, one of the best teams in the NFL, no question about it. Josh Allen gave them a tough test. But, again, a defense where their secondary and their linebacker play was just destroyed with injury. And now you're going to play probably the best overall team in the NFL. Uh, Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton against Travis Kelsey (laughs) is the biggest step up in class you could possibly imagine for the number one target. Um, And so, so that scares me a little bit for Kansas City. And then... The Lions, look, I know the Rams had a great year, exceeded everyone's expectations. I know the Bucks had a great year, exceeded everyone's expectations. These are two teams, though, coming into the season that had a regular season win total in Las Vegas of six and a half games. And again, not taking away from the wins. Detroit was dominant uh, on offense in both of these matchups, but just not the most impressive wins. And now you're going to San Francisco, uh, a juggernaut of a team there as well. I know they played very poorly against Green Bay and, and frankly should have lost that game. But but that's what I just keep coming back to is don't overreact to what we've seen. Don't fall in love with you know, these teams that are playing really good right now. They haven't had the toughest pass, and now they're playing the number one seeds at home. Um, it's a step up in class. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out here to a former Gator player, Rand Carthon, because he was promoted by the Titans to executive vice president and general manager, and Brian Callahan was hired coming over from the Bengals. I- I've always liked their offense what do you think of this hire uh, i think it's an interesting hire i actually think it's kind of funny you know the the way brian callahan to me personally like gained some respect and, and i thought became a better candidate was initially in cincinnati you watched that offense with him and zach taylor and obviously look they're making super bowls they're making afc championship games they're not bad at what they do but you would see at times a lack of creativity they're in you know 11 personnel three receivers they're in shotgun almost every single snap. And a lot of it was just Joe Burrow throwing, you know, go balls down the sideline to two elite talents in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins or operating out of structure and, and winning when, when plays break down. And then, though, for me, when Jake Browning had to come in and you had to see the pivot of this offense, they go under center more to tie their run game to their pass game. They, they manufacture some quick outs, some screens to a, a rookie Chase Brown, the running back, or even to Jamar Chase on a lot of quick outs. And it just helped Jake Browning play really good football. And then even he grew and started taking shots to, you know, T. Higgins on the sideline for that miraculous touchdown in week 15 or 16, whatever it was. Like, I almost gained more confidence once I saw them operate without Joe Burrow. Um, I think it's a good hire. You know, I think there is an interesting element of, do they think he maybe can recruit his father, uh, who is Bill Callahan, <laughs> the Browns offensive line coach, um, widely regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches in all of football, maybe ever, not even just right now. So I think it's a good hire. And just quickly touch on the Gator. You, you don't hear bad things about Rand Carson. You, you no. simply don't talk to people in this league that have a bad thing to say about him, both as an evaluator and as a person. Um, cool to see that he clearly now is running the show. It's his operation. He has full control. Uh, based on everyone you talk to, he's earned it and, and deserves that trust. Uh, I want to go to Green Bay. I mean, here's a team that should maybe arguably still be playing, but that's another story. Um, but they fire their defensive coordinator, and I think LaFleur has now, what, fired two or three in six years there? A two-part question, was Green Bay's defense that bad, and why this? Yeah, no, Joe Barry, it's honestly remarkable, He, with all due respect, that he even kept the job coming into this season there's a team that's investing first-round picks, if not multiple first-round picks, on that side of the ball pretty much every year he was there. I mean, you go back down the list, starting with Jair Alexander, then you get Darnell Savage, then you get Clay Walker and Devontae Wyatt last year. Then 
You get Lucas Van Ness this year. Rashawn Gary's there, gets the extension. Um, you know, they, they signed Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. Like, they've invested so much on that side of the ball and have never been more than an average defense at any point during the tenure. And LaFleur wants to play this complimentary football, run the ball, you know, possession football, run the clock down, these long, sustained drives, and then in theory have the defense step up, close out games, and it just never happened. And you see week to week in game planning, you'll get, you know, Preston Smith, the edge rusher, is lined up one-on-one with Devontae Adams multiple times in the Raiders game. And Preston Smith's a great player. He's a 280-pound edge rusher. He should not be lining up to cover Devontae Adams in the slot. So I just I did not see enough uh, enough you know adjustments from Joe Barry. Um, I, I think that move had to happen, and I think they're going to get an upgrade there at D coordinator. Uh, speaking of another former Gator, Brian Johnson, apparently out as the Eagles' offensive coordinator after just one year after Steichen left to become the the coach with the Colts. Widely reported here, and maybe you can confirm, Brad, that there was, you know, they weren't in lockstep, friction, whatever that is. But yet, you know, one year isn't a lot to, you know, not a lot to go with here. Is this just a matter of, you know, firing other people, Sirianni staying? What's behind this? Yeah, I do view it as a little bit of a scapegoating. You know, he did call plays, but it was Nick Sirianni's offense, and uh, you know, obviously, the team fell apart. I'm not surprised there have been changes. But clearly, you saw the value in a Shane Steichen, both with Philadelphia and then, of course, the Colts having a phenomenal season, even as he had to transition from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew, two guys that are very, very different. And he still, you know, catered the entire offense around Gardner Minshew, and they were a near-playoff team when no one expected them to do anything. So, you know, Brian Johnson will be back. I hope he's still, you know, in the mix for offensive coordinator jobs in the near future. I still think he should be on the head coach track. I mean, it's the guy that was calling plays at Utah when he was 25 years old as an offensive coordinator. He's developed guys like Dak Prescott, De'Ara King, Kyle Allen. Obviously, Jalen Hurts' ascension actually started when Johnson came in and became the QB's coach in Philly. And I'm not saying it's just because of him, but, but everywhere he goes, the quarterbacks play better, um, and at a certain point, when you, when I can name half a dozen people, you have to think the common denominator matters. So, you know, it's tough. Philadelphia is going to react and, and make some uh, difficult decisions. I feel bad for him. I'm not inside the building, so I don't totally know. But I, I think that he probably should have had more of a runway, or uh, more so. I hope other teams don't view it as you know he wasn't good enough, or he he's not you know able to adjust and whatever. He wasn't perfect. I think the offense was even when they were winning. The offense at times was a little bit clunky. Their play sequencing was off at times. But he still, I think, is an ascending star in this league and hopefully is still viewed in that light. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us here talking all things NFL. Last couple of questions here. I want to talk about two quarterbacks in particular here. There's been some criticism of Josh Allen that, you know, can't get to the Super Bowl, can't win a Super Bowl, et cetera. Okay, maybe that's warranted. What about Dak Prescott? It seems to me he gets a mulligan, and Dallas has wilted in the playoffs. Not all his fault. Is that a fair comparison to make? I would just say that you might be listening to uh, some different shows than than other folks. I think Dak Prescott gets gets killed uh, as much as maybe not this year. Maybe the focal point this season was more Josh Allen, but you know, last year I think the the, the entire offseason narrative was oh Dak threw too many interceptions and. He crumbled against San Fran in the playoffs, and he's not good enough, and, and all these various elements. So, 
I think both of those guys, frankly, maybe it's unfair the level of criticism they get. I honestly think both were MVP candidates in the regular season. Um, and, and, yeah, look, it, it fell apart in the playoffs, particularly for Prescott with multiple pick sixes. You know, Allen, I think, played well against Kansas City, one of the best coverage units in the entire NFL. Obviously, the two rushing touchdowns. And I get, you know, end of the game, he, he gets kind of bumped into and throws the potential touchdown, uh, you know, short of Khalil Shakir's feet. He then, you know, other plays happen where he had a couple misses. But he also has Stephon Diggs, a 60-yard bomb, hit him in the hands. He can't come down with it. You had uh, Trent Sherfield and a harder catch, but... You know, the, the throw down the left sideline where he had to adjust and come inward a little bit. He can't track it down, almost catches it, but it, but it falls through his hands. I think both of these guys are clear-cut top seven quarterbacks in the NFL. Unfortunately, uh, you know, this is just what happens sometimes in the playoffs. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has one ring for a reason. Drew Brees has one ring. You know, it's just it, it's tough. I know we measure guys by that, and I do think Dak has some potential limitations. Um, but at the same time, both of those guys, in my opinion, do not have enough weapons. And, and T.D. Lamb's elite. I get it. He was phenomenal this year. Devon Diggs quietly fell off, fell off the face of the earth the, the, yes. the last two months of the season. Yes. But, but the secondary options for them, I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has, is, is the same and he's in his sixth straight conference championship game. Mahomes is also, in my opinion, the greatest to ever do it. So it's just it's tough. I get it. But, but the Bills' defense was not good enough, and, and the pass catchers just didn't really elevate the offense. I think both guys are capable of doing it. Um, it's just it's a tough sport to get to the pinnacle. Okay. I got a three-parter here for you to close, Brad. Um, where does Jim Harbaugh land, number one? Number two, with Bill Belichick's resume, why hasn't he been hired more quickly and three, in Pittsburgh, Pickett, Mason Rudolph, got to hire an offensive coordinator. Will they go quarterback? What's the situation there? First one, I think Jim Harbaugh, by the time you're eating dinner, he will be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think wow. that happens today. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that is in the final stages of getting done. Um, I, I, would, uh, I won't rubber stamp it and guarantee it, but I, I – I kind of am, so I think that gets done today. Uh, <laughs> okay. with, with Belichick, it's interesting. What I'm hearing there is there is a bit of a power struggle going on in Atlanta where, look, when Bill Belichick comes, he wants to have a ton of control and a ton of power. And I know it. You know things fell apart in New England, but I still would say he, he has the right to ask for that and push for it. It obviously also worked for 20 years before it didn't work for three years at the end. It is interesting, though, because basically only one team really got in the mix. I think the Chargers may have interviewed him one time, but really it's been Atlanta and only Atlanta. I don't know. But that's, that's, my, that's my understanding is, you know, he still wants his old-school setup where the head coach is the czar of everything. And you started the show talking about, you know, Rand Carthon. That's also what Mike Vrabel wanted, and it, Mike Vrabel is also very successful. But you're seeing teams now, I think, pivot to having an empowered executive and a head coach that still has a lot of influence and a lot of say but does not get the final say over the 53-man roster, which I'll tell you, Jim Harbaugh also wanted, and I actually expect him to not have it in L.A. I think he's wow. going to have to relent and let the general manager, again, he'll, he'll be setting the draft board, he'll be very, very involved, but I do expect the GM in L.A. to get the final say, um, which actually is written in the contract. This isn't some abstract idea. It literally says, I have final say over the 53-man roster in your deal. So, I think that's kind of the big inflection point between the two is I think Harbaugh finally gave in, and that's why he's going to be back in the NFL. And then 
Pittsburgh, you know, I don't know if they draft a quarterback in the first round, but I do like this class. There are some interesting names that I think will fall in the third round, second round, maybe like a Michael Pratt from Tulane is my favorite name in that category this year. I think a very talented, toolsy prospect. You know, all the prototypical, you know, 6'4", 220, has a live arm, is a solid athlete. I think he's that guy that goes in the, you know, 50 to 75 range that I get kind of excited about depending on his landing spot. And then I also think they're going to be in the mix for, do you explore a trade for a Justin Fields? Do you sign Russell Wilson if he, if he comes super, super cheap, um, depending on the whole contract situation there? Like, I think they're going to have Kenny Pickett as the de facto number one, but they're going to give him genuine competition, and he might lose the battle in camp um, and, and not be the starter. So I, I would say it's the last piece for Pittsburgh. They're interviewing these you know, non-Mike Tomlin connection offensive coordinators. We heard about Zach Robinson, who's the L.A. Rams pass game coordinator. Sounds like Cliff Kingsbury they talked to this past week as well. Um, another good example. Tomlin, I think, is an elite coach, but he's so, so in control of everything. And I think the organization is finally saying, yes, it's your football team, but we've let you hire your friends, that offensive coordinator, and it hasn't worked, and we're not going to let that happen anymore. Interesting stuff. Tell us where you can see your work, Brad. Yep, you can follow all my work at pff.com. The top 150 free agents are up and running. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at pff underscore Brad. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good stuff. You heard what he just said. He thinks Jim Harbaugh will be the coach of the Chargers by the time he eat dinner today. We'll follow that. 1231, time check brought to you by Hayes Schiller. We'll open the phones up for you. ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WYUF. Live from Weimar Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Family owned and operated for 48 years, the Wood Stove and Fireplace Center has been keeping homes warm since 1975. With these cooler days, now is the perfect time to spruce up your home and hearth with a cozy wood, gas, or electric fireplace or stove. Our showroom is full of decorative screens, tool sets, grates, and more. Spending time outdoors? See our heavy-duty fire pits, charcoal grills, and pizza ovens. The Wood Stove and Fireplace Center in Gainesville, open Monday through Friday, online at woodstoveflorida.com. Remember back when you learned how to ride a bike? You needed courage, determination, and some band-aids for those bumps and bruises. But when it was all said and done, what you really needed was balance. At Radiant Credit Union, we're paving the path for your financial future with our balance transfer offer. Right now, you can transfer your high-interest credit card debt to our Radiant Visa credit card with a super low intro rate, plus no balance transfer fee or annual fee. Visit radiantcu.org balance and start saving today. Federally insured by NCUA. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Get started. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PATRICK. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PATRICK. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources from the uf weather center here is your wruf weather update the florida warmth returns to our area today a mixture of sun and clouds this afternoon with highs in the upper 70s and lower 80s this evening those only cooling into the mid 60s areas of patchy fog will start off our thursday morning then increasing clouds thursday afternoon highs near 80 with a slight chance for a few passing showers from the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. The Gators are here. Driving kick in the corner, three, Richard. Good, good, good. Got it to beat the buzzer. Sinks, catches, pump fake, shoots, banked it in and one. This is Gator Country. Throws out wing left. Kugel for three from the sideline. Good. Deep three is splashed home. This is Florida basketball. Chop this one up for the Gators. On the Gators Sports Network. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. We are your all for Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world with a WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF and online at WRUF.com. All right, rest of the day, it's the phones, it's the emails, lots of topics to discuss. Bernard, you're first. Hello. Steve, yeah, basketball. You were talking about the girls. Steve, I basically think that it's going to be a long year for our girls. I think Rashad Kyle, who was probably the only quality big that they had, she got hurt and she hadn't played in a while. And I don't know whether she's going to play again this year, but I do think, you know, the girls hustle. But I think it's, you know, it's good times ahead. I saw where we got two McDonald All-American and with Lila, Layla Reynolds. Look like, you know, it's headed in. The, I see bright days ahead. It's headed in the right direction. I just think this year for girls basketball is going to be a long year. Now, the boys playing Mississippi State tonight, they're going to have to try to do something, hopefully, and Lawton and Tyree Samuel can do something to slow down Tulu Smith because he's going to be a handful. And then I saw Steve where they have a little 5'10 guard that comes off the bench going double figures. And I think our perimeter defense, with particularly Clayton, is not very good. He always used this term, winnable. See, these are winnable games, but they can't just think, hey, we at home and, and that'll be enough. They're going to have to play their best basketball because I think really it's, I don't know what this team is going to make. You asked that question yesterday, where they're going to make the, the playoff. You did go down where they got some games, two games against some team that you would think on paper of being runnable. But here again, when they're runnable, they're also losable. And lastly, Steve, listen to Lomas. Lomas was up school when I was up there. 
absolutely that team should be recognized. I think that's part of you have problem. It goes back to I, I, is it Jeremy Foley? Where if it's negative, we wipe the slate clean of everything, and there's no mention of it. And, and they don't do that at other schools. Recognize Vernon Mike's well. Recognize these guys that have done great things at this university. Steve, you have a great day. Okay. Thank you for your call, sir. Uh, Byron, hello. Hey, I, I follow um, Bernard on that, man. Lomas and those guys, man, and Vernon, man. And, you know, none of us are perfect, Steve. So, and I'm not trying to, you know, put up nothing there to do wrong. But, uh, yeah, man, they get, they great guys. And, and, and they, they would love – we love them, and they were good. Steve, what I called about real quick is the Gator basketball team. Man, Steve – if fans, I might try to get out there tonight, Steve. This is kind. Of, this is a playoff game, Steve. We this for the top. This we in the fifty of the teams that, that can make it into the, right now. I think into the tournament. So these are the games that fans should really appreciate, man. They you don't see these. They just like football. If they lose tonight, this could be the you know. So I hope we ready for this, and that's why I always say, Steve. And it's no easy games. And, and talking about coaches, Steve, Coach Belichick, man, I, I hope he stay in the game. Steve, I love him from New England. And, and Steve, you know, speaking of coaches, you know, the Pat Rileys and Phil Jacksons and even Coach Spurs and the, and the Belichicks and, and, and the Calipari's and the coaches in, in college, I don't keep up as much no more. Do you see these young coaches being as great? Uh, 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 the names, do you know them? And, and if, if not, the way I'm going with this again is, Doc Rivers is getting hired in the NBA to Milwaukee. And I was thinking, I thought he was coaching in Philly. So, Steve, help me out if I'm just naive. Can you name two or three NBA coaches? And who the heck coached anywhere in the world? But thank you, Steve. That's my pun for today. And go Gators. Byron, thank you. Byron takes you from Maine to California. It's hard to – I guess I, I guess what he's asking, Jose, would you agree about the NBA? Like who maybe are some up and coming? I, I don't. I didn't quite understand where he was going with that, but um, there's a lot of ground to cover here, and a lot of different subjects today. So I'm going to try to get to emails. Yesterday I talked about NIL facilities and such. Mike said uh, listens every day in Texas. Most of the upgrades I wanted were for the player spaces, dorms, etc. Players don't care where the fans are sitting. That being said, Strickland's the GM of the team. He makes millions. He's got to do both upgrade and win. If a GM's coaching hires combined winning percentage was 47%, as his are, they'd be fired no matter the facilities. He needs to win or he needs to go. And he says the best third baseman not in the Hall of Fame is uh, Greg Nettles. Matt says... The way he looks at facilities, the most recent facilities upgrades were for the players. Uh, that was needed to help our recruiting. Stadium upgrades are being discussed to benefit the fans, not the players. Uh, as a Gator fan alum and Gainesville resident, making the swamp nicer would be great, but it's a matter of priority. I'd much rather have UF ask people to give money to NIL than to stadium upgrades because that is much more likely to benefit our team on the field than stadium upgrades. Just my perspective and two cents. I appreciate your two cents, Matt. Thank you. Um, Joe, I, b- I mentioned about the demise of Sports Illustrated. Uh, and he says he was a subscriber 
of SI starting in 1967, but he left them when they got political by naming Colin Kaepernick <clears throat> as the male athlete of the year. Okay. Uh, let's see here. More emails i got to get to, but we st- we'll certainly take your calls. About Lomas, Jose, he was a sophomore at UF in 84, the best and worst of times. That team responded like no other Gator team before, only to be denied the opportunity to play for a championship that they would have won, he says. Lucas, uh, you honor them? Uh, yes, because what they did in the field? No, because if they're honored, you're basically honoring cheating. I'm going to point blank ask this question again, okay? If it was your decision to make, would you honor, this is the 40th anniversary of that championship, would you honor them on the field this year during a Gator game? Yes or no? Uh, I asked about Monty's Lynchburg, Virginia. I asked about the game day experience with NIL. He says, if the team you support has limited NIL resources, and is playing a team with deep pockets, how can it not impact your game day experience in a negative way? I don't know how that does. I don't know how that does. Okay, I'm a Jets fan. If the Jets play the Kansas City Chiefs, it doesn't impact my game day experience because the Chiefs are better. I don't know how... I mean, you could look at a team and say they have more money, they're getting more athletes. I mean, yes, but I'm talking about the game day experience. Steven, uh, ESPN's all about percentages. What is Steve Russell's percentage chance of Florida reaching the NCAA tournament as of today? Uh, 50-50. 50-50. I looked at the schedule. If Florida wins... The games, I think it'll be favored to win and then can, you know, pull an upset or two. And I think, you know, to be safe, maybe win a game in the SEC tournament, they get in. Today, 50-50. Andrew, what's going on with the Bucks? They fired two coaches who were doing really well. Jonas's average brother gets a roster spot. He demands trades or he's leaving. When does the superstar get too big for a franchise? Well, again, I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, one man's uh, or one person's bread is another person's scrap, right? Look at Doc Rivers. Let go a broadcaster and now brought back. It's pretty rare, not, not unusual, but rare when a coach is fired with the record that the Bucks have. But I will say this. They're scared to death of their superstar leaving. Scared to death. I mean white-knuckle scared. And anything, I think, anything less than a conference final, He's going to look at that franchise and go, eh, maybe I need to go. And that's what they're worried about. They're, they're not, they weren't playing defensively like they played before, but they were winning. I mean, if, if I don't know what the record was. Was it something like 33 and 15, maybe? Maybe Jose can look that up for me. But anyway, they weren't losing for sure. 
How, how many coaches get fired if your winning percentage is that? And again, I, I'm guessing that. I don't know. Um, you got it, Jose? What were they? Or what are they? They were 30 and 13. I, okay, that's pretty close. Okay. 17 games over 500. How many coaches get fired 17 games over 500? When you have an 82 game regular season. But they're not looking at the regular season. That's the point here. Is that fair? Probably not. And that's why, look, coaching now, because of the pressure from fans, because of the pressure from media, and because of the pressure from superstars who want rings. That's what this is all about. And I get it. David says, uh, I don't know what you've been watching either. Prescott gets raked over the coals by the national media even when he plays well. I think folks have misunderstood the question I asked. Okay, I understand Prescott has been raked over the coals. But Josh Allen has been too. And I've also seen some people on ESPN staunchly defend Dak Prescott. I'm just trying to say, what's the level of the two? Um, and he says he's never gotten a mulligan. One thing's apparent, though, your hate for the Cowboys is real. I don't hate the Cowboys. I don't hate anybody. I dislike the Cowboys, and I do like when they lose because of what you know the America's team thing is. You know, Janet Jackson's right. What have you done for me lately? What have they won? Better than my team. Give them credit for that. I mean, they're in the playoff. My team's not. But given, you know, with that moniker, but that, that that's self-inflicted when you do that. 1247, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Dylan Olive. The Gators men's basketball team welcome in an SEC opponent tonight as the Mississippi State Bulldogs come into town. The Gators are 7-1 at home so far this season, while the Bulldogs are winless on the road, sitting at 0-3. Tune in to our coverage starting at 8 p.m. Tomorrow, the Gators women's basketball team heads to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. The Gators are 10-7 on the season with a 2-4 road record, while the Rebels are 13-5 and sitting at 5th in the SEC. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. Finally, in NBA news, the Miami Heat will take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. The Heat look to break a three-game skid, while the Grizzlies look to get rolling in a somewhat disappointing year so far. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Dylan Alder. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. FICARE Federal Credit Union, the place I've done my banking for over 30 years. And if you're a Florida health care worker, this is definitely the place for you to do your banking. I've been telling you about FICARE's Platinum Visa, no annual fee, a low fixed rate, Visa's zero liability protection, and points with every purchase that you can redeem for cash back, merchandise, and more. But there's also more to FICARE Federal Credit Union. For example, you can save ahead with a holiday club account. Alleviate the stress and financial burden of the holiday season by ensuring you have your money to spend when the holidays roll around. 
Your savings are locked in during the Holiday Club year and automatically transfer to your primary savings on November 1, just in time for the holiday season. And you can skip the trip with a mobile deposit. You can do some errands without going anywhere. With FICARE's mobile app, you can easily get security deposit checks into your checking or savings account through mobile deposit. Those features and a whole lot more from FICARE Federal Credit Union online, FICAREFCU.org, FICAREFCU.org. That's not the sound of failure. It's the sound of social, educational, vocational, and spiritual training at Roadheaver Boys Ranch. When you donate your car, truck, RV, or boat to Roadheaver Boys Ranch, you'll get the maximum tax benefit, and we'll get much-needed funds to provide a wholesome home environment to at-risk young men who have no home of their own. Learn more at rbr.org. That's rbr.org. Roadheaver Boys Ranch. It's better to build boys than mend men. Come out for the ninth annual Roadheaver Boys Ranch Clay Target Shoot February 3rd at the Palatka Skeet Club. Become a sponsor or register for a great day of clay shooting. Sponsorships are tax deductible and a great way to promote your business. Lunch will be provided. To register or for more details, visit rbr.org. Roadheaver Boys Ranch relies entirely on your generous donations with no government assistance. So please consider supporting this event. Roadheaver Boys Ranch. It's better to build boys than to mend men. Visit rbr.org. That's rbr.org. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-240-4587. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. Hoop, there it is with Steve Russell and ESPN's Mark Wise. Monday mornings at 11, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Gators head men's basketball coach Todd Golden, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Larry says, most definitely honor the team and invite Ward Pell back to represent Charlie and herself. Let's get to the phones. Hey, D, how are you? Hey, what's up, Steve? Uh... Well, I tell you, man, Janet Jackson would have got a workout on your show yesterday after that Milwaukee Bucks news hit uh, yesterday, man. Because I, I tell you, man, uh, I, I think the, on, the only coach I, I know this happened to was uh, David Blatt when he was the coach uh, of Cleveland. Cleveland. You know, LeBron, yep. LeBron got him fired after, what, 41 games. So, uh, you know, Steve, this is crazy because, um, you know, this is the guy they wanted. Giannis wanted this guy. You, you know, you – you you fired Coach Bud, who who won you a championship, and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be fired because you know they lost to Miami, which is an A seed uh, last year, and we all know what they did, but they went out in five games. But this is the guy they all wanted, and Giannis wanted, and for them to you know not play for him or have all this stuff going on, it's it's just crazy. And then to, to hire a guy like Doc Rivers, who you know continues to blow big leads in series and other than the Celtics championship, he can't get anyone over the top. It's a, to me, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, what I don't get here, I mean, look, if you look at Doc, he has, I mean, his coaching resume is very good, 
and he has coached uh, superstar tandems in the past, which you have to manage now, right? You got uh, Jonas there, and you have Lillard there. I, I get that. But something doesn't ring right here because look at isn't it the second best record in the Eastern Conference? Wasn't it when he got fired? Yeah. Um, you know, you're giving a guy 43 games. Now, did they not play as well defensively as they had in the past? Yes. Could you make the argument if he's still coaching, that's not going to get better, that's going to hamper us when we get to the uh, playoffs and we all know what we want to do in the playoffs? Yes. But, boy, that's, that, 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 that's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I mean – they got they went out and got Damian Lillard, so I, I don't know what Giannis is complaining about. And when I look at that roster, Steve, they don't they don't have great individual defenders. I mean, Brooke Lopez and Giannis are good, you know, backline defenders, but as far as perimeter guys, they don't. To me, they don't have anyone who can defend. So I mean, I guess that's a personnel issue, but you know, we'll see how it works out. But well, uh, let me just stop you here uh-huh. for a second because it's going to be interesting if if you're firing the guy because they didn't play defense. I mean, Doc is a good coach, but now I want to see if the Bucks' defense gets better under his tutelage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tonight, Steve, uh, big game. Uh, we are like your other two callers, Byron, and uh, your other two callers said, uh, you know, we, we know uh, Mississippi State's battle-tested, man. They played at uh, South Carolina, which put <laughs> some on Kentucky last night. Yep. Ooh, Did you watch man, that? that, that huh? Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched it. They got punked. Yeah, they got Calipari said it. They got punked. Yeah, I mean that that was not a fluke. South Carolina just out physicaled them, and their crowd was really into it. And that wasn't a fluke. I mean, on that night, I'm not saying that if they, if they played ten times, you know, Carolina wouldn't or Kentucky wouldn't wouldn't eight of them. But if you look at the history of that series recently. South Carolina's done a really nice job against Kentucky. Yeah, they've beaten them. The coach has beaten them two years now. He, he beat them last year, and he beat them this year. I mean, when you hit 11 threes, uh, Steve, and, you, and your opponent only hits four, which Kentucky did last night, you're not going to win that game. And once they hit shots and then Kentucky started getting discouraged, and that was it. They couldn't guard anybody last night. So, you know, credit them. But as far as our game, Steve, uh, you know, Tyree Samuel, like uh, he's got to play like a man tonight because – you know, Tolo Smith is first team preseason All SEC, and uh, the, the offense is going to go through him. So we've got to, uh, you know, put a, put a stranglehold on him or limit him because I, I believe as he goes, Mississippi State goes. But I, I think the Gators are going to pull it out at home. They got to must win game. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Look at their roster, and certainly getting Tolu Smith back really does change their team. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, but. They they play different combinations. I don't know if you heard Neil Price, their play-by-play guy. I guess it was yesterday. They it's going to be interesting to see what Coach Jans does in terms of rotation of players because it's, it's it's sort of different. You know, he, he doesn't really have a magic formula for what he does in terms of his substitutions and all of that. So I'm anxious to see. And I think for Florida, they got to get off to a good start at home. Uh, you, you just I mean, if Mississippi State hangs around. That gives them confidence. So I'm I'm hoping that the Gators get off to a good start and, and do some damage here. Yep, for sure. Be good, Steve. Appreciate you. Thank you, D. Um, by the way, South Carolina, 
leads the SEC in defense. They, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I watched them last night, and they're really good. Um, the second largest win against Kentucky in series history. Um, so, no fluke. No fluke. And Kentucky cut it to two, and I thought, oh, boy, here comes Kentucky. Uh, but then Carolina just kicked it into gear, and their crowd was without question a factor uh, in the game last night. No, no doubt. Uh, BB says, definitely should honor the team, invite all the players back. I'm biased. Lomas and I were at a conditioning physical therapy facility in New Orleans in the 80s at the same time, both wearing our Gator gear and finally talking Gators. Love that guy. Mahomes, definitely a top five. I think he's the X factor for the weekend. A Super Day might mean a Super Bowl. Uh, Gator basketball keys to the Gator basketball game tonight. Kind of just went over them a little bit. Um, you know, they. I, I don't know that Mississippi State's going to score a lot. I, I think this could be one of those. If they win, it'd be sort of one of those grinded out, you know, seventy to sixty six type games. And Florida can score, and I think that's that. That may be the difference in the game here. Uh, let's see. All right. Next hour, open show tomorrow. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, is here. Uh, Johnny Wiggs is going to be here tomorrow. Longtime coach at Santa Fe College. They begin their baseball season this weekend. The Gators' practice starts. They start playing real games this weekend. They always do. They always start early. And uh, Wiggs will be here to talk about his team. That's all going to come up tomorrow. Uh, so we hope you will join us then. But we've got a whole other hour left time to hear from you hope we do because it makes the time go by a whole lot faster when you participate in sports scene you're listening to espn 98.1 fm 850 a.m wyf i'm steve russell come back and join us in hour two Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Calling all outdoor enthusiasts. Polaris of Gainesville is having a massive boat sale with massive savings. What better way is there than to start off the new year with a brand new boat or watercraft? The kind of memories you make on the water are the kind of memories that last a lifetime. Polaris of Gainesville has drastically cut prices on Key West, Carolina Skiff, and Yamaha watercrafts to help you get there and get those memories started. The 2024s are here, and the 2023s must go. Stop by the dealership and take advantage of these huge discounts with price breaks as large as $24,000 off MSRP. This is Polaris of Gainesville's most aggressive sale ever. Did I mention Polaris of Gainesville is looking for and will take in all trades? That's right. If they don't have to feed it... They'll take it in on trade. From river boats to inflatable billy goats, bring that joker on down and let us get you in the vessel of your dreams. Located on US 441 between Gainesville and Alachua, visit us at PolarisOfGainesville.com.
Family owned and operated for 48 years, the Wood Stove and Fireplace Center has been keeping homes warm since 1975. With these cooler days, now is the perfect time to spruce up your home and hearth with a cozy wood, gas, or electric fireplace or stove. Our showroom is full of decorative screens, tool sets, grates, and more. Spending time outdoors? See our heavy-duty fire pits, charcoal grills, and pizza ovens. The Wood Stove and Fireplace Center in Gainesville, open Monday through Friday, online at woodstoveflorida.com. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, KBB.com. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene. I'm Steve Russell. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Jose Tovar, our producer today. 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Let me ask something. I am a believer, and I'm not getting political here, right? Whether you like former President Trump or not, I think one thing that he has helped do is to make being meaner okay. Good, bad, wrong, right, right? And he's not the only one. I think we're, as a society, we're kind of, you know, leaning into that. And what I'm about to say here, it isn't like this is something new, because it's not, okay? But did you see what happened to uh, Tyler Bass? Those who don't know, he's the kicker for the Buffalo Bills. And he had to deactivate his social media account. Um, and he just got hate mail, hate stuff on social media. Why? Why, why is that acceptable? Tell me, I want somebody to justify that and don't give me free speech. I, I get it. We have that. Okay. But why? If you want to say Tyler Bass isn't a good kicker, if you want to say trade Tyler Bass, if you want to say he chokes, okay, fine. But some of the stuff that was apparent, you know, death threats and that sort of thing, what, what, why? What gives a human being the right to do something like that? That, that, that just, that's just appalling to me. And it's becoming more and more acceptable. I don't understand that. And, and what I would ask is, the people that are doing that, you get subjected to that at your work? I don't think so. I, I highly doubt it. I've just never understood that. You're going to give the guy death threats because he missed a field goal? Wow. That just that obviously bothers me. 
and it's getting worse. It's going to get worse still. 3928255, you can email srussell at wruf.com. Remember the playoff game in the NFL that was not on television, on broadcast television? Well, if you are a WWE fan, guess what? Netflix struck a $5 billion, with a B, dollar deal with WWE starting in January of next year. They're going to air Raw. This is the first time it will not be broadcast on national television in its three-decade history. This is where we are going, friends, in the media world. Going away from broadcast television into things like this. The way it is. Um, Larry says, I think the 84 team should be recognized for what they did in the field. I think they should add that year on the wall of the stadium with all the other SEC champion years. Okay? Russell says, I'm 64. Started liking the Cowboys when they had a class coach in Tom Landry and a class quarterback in Roger Staubach. Indeed. The Emmett Smith days were also great. Great show was over. Yeah, they were great because they won. Emmett Smith days here weren't good, right? Even, even though everybody talks about Emmett, and not that they shouldn't, he was great here, but Florida didn't win with Emmett here, but they won when he was in Dallas. Uh, okay, with that, let's get some – I got another hour here to, to take your calls. And I was hoping – and we did get some today. Should that 84 team – be honored in some way during a football game this year. It's the 40th anniversary of them winning that title. So let me know that. Uh, Andrew, when ESPN or whoever does bracketology, uh, is that account for the person's guess, or does it account, I guess, who get in the tournament, or is that based solely on data? Uh, I don't think it's a guess. Right, You're not saying, oh, I think Kentucky will get in, so I'll put them in. No. Uh, I'm guessing if we beat Kentucky or some big win, we'd be in. But bracketology doesn't account for potential wins. Correct. You, correct. Potential wins do, doesn't cut it. you got to win or you lose, depending on that. Yes, that's the deal there. And, again, it's much more than that, too. Uh you know, bracketology is just a measuring stick. It's not formal. It doesn't count. And it's just like when you start talking about quad one wins and all that, nobody knows what the committee is going to do on Selection Sunday except the committee. But those are things they take into consideration, and that's what Lenardi and other people do when they make their predictions. They are not always right. Uh, I will tell you uh, they are right more than they are wrong in terms of just, you know, teams that would make it. Um, BB says, uh, for the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, is there a player from the historic heyday of the Reds and the Cardinals that have not made it into the Hall of Fame you think deserving to be in? Who do you think is the most deserving player that's been overlooked? Probably Sheffield. I would think, would be that player now. Uh, a lot of people like Dale Murphy, but if you look at Murphy's resume, 
it, it you know his peak years and weren't weren't long. Um, but I'd say Sheffield at this point. Uh, Top Jenny, hello. Good day, Mr. Russell. How are you, sir? Good. Um, just quickly, I know basically nobody likes to talk much about hockey around here unless the Lightning are in the playoffs, which they probably will be. But uh, how about the Oilers? 14 in a row last night. It's The streak continues. News to me. It's a, you didn't know that? No. Wow. No. Yeah. I, I, I'm a Rangers fan, so I kind of – you know, oh, okay. I, I kind of look at what they do, and certainly Tampa because you know we we carry their games. But I'm not yeah. I'm not one. And it's funny I don't dislike hockey at all. Uh, and sometimes when hockey's on, you know I'll watch it. But I don't. Uh, I'm not as much into it as I was in younger days. If that makes sense. Sure. Well, you lived in the Northeast for some years, right? True. Yeah. My 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 youthful years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and actually I was doing a little. Uh, Channel surfing last night, watching the Lightning game against the Flyers and flipping back and forth with uh, South Carolina and Kentucky, and that was impressive, man. Uh, Sixty-two they held Kentucky to, and they're averaging like ninety points a game. The Gamecocks held them to sixty-two points, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, with defense and rebounding, I mean they and they were killing the glass. Um. Now, you know, Kentucky had kind of an off-shooting night, I guess, in my opinion, but uh, that's the way that goes. And uh, and uh, Kucherov got the hat trick last night uh-huh. for the Bolts. Yep, too. sure did. That was cool, albeit the last one was an empty netter. Yeah, but, they uh, count. They, but they count, yep, absolutely. Uh, tonight, in can we still call it the O-Dome, or we're not allowed to do that? Anymore? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, on paper, a game, obviously – the Gators should win, yes, but the, they don't play them on paper, right? They play them on the hardwood. So, who? What do you see as far as yeah, you earlier already alluded to the fact that they need to get off to a quick start? I I agree with you on that. Um, are are they? I'm still trying to figure out how to say this. Do they need to get better offensively or defensively? They're scoring enough points defensively. Right? Defensively, yes. If you're if you're saying one or the other, uh, I think defensively is where they need to make improvement. Right, and they they kill they kill on offensive glass too. They they yep. got they're like uh, what like second in conference and offensive rebound. They're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the entire country. In the country, yeah, and but those offensive rebounds have got to turn into points too. So, All yeah, right, they do. I mean, again, I think you, you look at what they've done. They usually score enough, but it, I think it's just on the defensive end sometimes they struggle. Mississippi State does not seem like a team that's going to go off and score 90, but, you know, that's why you play the game. Yeah, and you, well, all right, we're, uh, the Missouri win on the road puts us, what, two and three now? Yep, in the, in the, in the league, yep. And let's rehash those couple of losses. Uh, one was the Kentucky at home by two points which I know you told me a couple weeks ago, if they'd made the free throws, they would have won. They didn't. Uh, Tennessee, until Connect went off, the, it was a semi-competitive game. And on the road at Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss puts up 100. And you know, Florida scored 90, right? And lost. Right. Uh, so <laughs> all, the, all the speculation about them not being a 
tournament competent team, I think, is way premature. It's two and three now. They could still be what is it, eighteen games in the season? They could oh. still be fifteen and three. They won't be that. <laughs> I know. I was being facetious. There, I know. But all right. All right. Appreciate your call, Thanks, Jimmy. Thank Steve. you a lot. Uh, Tony, hello. Hey, Steve. What's up, man? Um, the Hall of Fame first. Uh, you know, uh, the Sheffield snub. I was expecting, like uh, we talked about. Uh, good to hear about Todd Helton. Like Tennessee Mike had mentioned yesterday, he now makes the second SEC player to make it to the Hall of Fame, which every time I hear that, I'm surprised because I would have bet the farm that Will Clark was a Hall of Famer. No. But he's not. But let me tell you about what my friend Nick Belmonte told me yesterday. He texted me. Joe Sewell is in the Hall of Fame, elected in 77, and he's from Alabama. Oh, okay. Old timers, old timers. Time. Yep. Sewell. And 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 wow. at the, the stadium there is Sewell Thomas Stadium. Huh? That was a hint, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, but always surprised about Will Clark. Always surprised that Will Clark is not Hall of Fame. I mean, he's a career three hundred hitter, almost three hundred home runs, one of the best defensive first basemen of all time, and uh, one of the better first basemen of his era. Um, but so that's it. See, that's that just. Not. But you just uh-huh. said it. Of his era. Right, a Hall of Famer is above that, right? I I mean, there's a lot of players like Will Clark who were very, very, very good players. Dale Murphy falls in that category to me, okay? Where Murph had some really good years. But, you know, overall, you know, first base is usually, you know, kind of a power position, um, so again, I think he's a good player, but not Hall of Fame player. Got it. Um, Steve, the Lomas Brown thing. Refresh my memory because I I became a Gator in '92, so my '84 history is a little hazy. Did this team '84 team commit violations, or was it one of those previous teams no. and previous coaches, and the '84 team had to pay the pipe? No, it was it was you know Coach Pell was the coach uh-huh. then, uh, and. Then he was later let go, or he resigned because he was forced to because of the the, the sanctions the NCA levied. So that that's what happened there. It was not a it was Originally, not a previous coach. It was Coach Pell. Uh-huh. Then Galen Hall, who was on the staff, took over for him. So basically, it had nothing to do with the kids in that '84 team. Basically, it was kids no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I mean, because again, oh, okay. a lot. I still actually have somewhere all the paperwork that was handed out that that day uh from the nca and a lot of it's redacted um so i can't tell you if it's like this particular player but there were certainly instances where there were inducements that shouldn't have been given put it that way gotcha 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 i mean i know that you got a basic judge judge it on that time, but in light of what's going on in college football today, you know, this is something that, that kind of hangs over our our UAA kind of as a dark cloud. I think it would be great. I mean, these guys are approaching 60, 60, 61, 62 years old, Steve. Um, people start dying, okay, once they get into their 60s and 70s, with all due respect. Stuff starts happening, you know what I'm saying? Get these guys at a halftime, have them do a reunion, put them in the swamp, Make it a feel-good thing, kind of bury the hatchet type of thing before it's too late. 
and some of the more prominent guys on that team are no longer with us, man. So who would make that decision, Steve? Is that a is that a Strickland? Is that a UAA? Is that a Ben Sass thing? Who would make that call? I think probably all the above would do that. I mean, certainly I think in that case, you at least have to go to the president and say, look, given the history here, you know, uh, of what happened, uh, do we honor this team? And I also think you talk to Coach Spurrier because remember what happened in 1990, right? Correct. So that was sort of a leftover, if you want to call it that, you know, from when he first got here. And, you know, he, Coach Spurrier, officially, officially has the first SEC championship. And even if you honor these guys, right, here's my point. If you honor them, do I understand you are backdooring, if you will, acknowledgement that they won the SEC when, in fact, it was stripped? Officially, the 84 title is vacant because the SEC stripped it from Florida. So does the administration want to honor them even though it was stripped because of NCAA violations, which were pretty steep? Yeah, correct. And Steve always honors that 90 TV, always mentions them. And to hear Lomas Brown talk about how basically him and his teammates feel like they're persona non grata here in Gainesville, that's just sad. That shouldn't be the case. Um, the right thing's got to be done, and uh, get these guys out of halftime here in, in, in the small Steve. All right, All right Tony. Buddy. Thank care, you, man. sir. Uh, Marshall, get right to you. One eighteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Dylan Olive. The Gators men's basketball team welcomes in an SEC opponent tonight as the Mississippi State Bulldogs come into town. The Gators are 7-1 at home so far this season, while the Bulldogs are winless on the road, sitting at 0-3. Tune in to our coverage starting at 8 p.m. Tomorrow, the Gators women's basketball team heads to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. The Gators are 10-7 in the season with a 2-4 road record, while the Rebels are 13-5 and sit at 5th in the SEC. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. Lastly, Gators baseball is back as the team announced an open practice and scrimmage Friday. The team is coming off a year where they were one game away from winning the College World Series. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Dylan Olive. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Friends, Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue is the place I've done my business for a long time. I purchased a lot of vehicles from them. And I can honestly say to you, every one of them has been really good for me. Now, if you're looking for a new vehicle, not the place to be. If you want the best in late model, low mileage vehicles, this is the place for you to go. You can go online, check them out that way, secars.com. Visit them, Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. You can check out the vehicles for yourself. You'll be impressed, I think, with the vehicles they have there because they try their very best to give you a wide variety of vehicles to choose from. I mean, some people like SUVs, some people like smaller cars, bigger cars, whatever, trucks. So they try to give you a great selection, and it's there every single day. Remember, when you go see them in person, make sure and tell them, Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. 
listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. What I'd like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry is when you walk into the door, you're going to be treated like family. And when you walk out of the door, you will feel as if you, you've had an experience like no other in terms of dental practices. Um, you, will, you will be treated both professionally and personally. So to the extent that um, you, won't, you won't look for another practice. Uh, this is a lifetime type of practice where the moment you enter into it, I, I firmly believe that people don't leave here. They, they become patients forever. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. It's your Daughtry Tree Service Tree Care Tip. Late winter is a great time to prune your trees and raise the tree's lower canopy for better sunlight to your lawn. Daughtry Tree has been helping their Gainesville and Alachua County neighbors for over 30 years. They provide dependable, quality service at fair prices for any size job. Tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, debris or storm cleanup. Visit DaughtryTreeService.com today for your free estimate. Trust Daughtry Tree Service, your tree service people. On the road, there's a thin line between safety and tragedy. Don't cross it. When you see flashing lights on any emergency, service, utility, or disabled vehicle, move over a lane or slow down to 20 miles an hour below the posted speed limit. Give law enforcement, first responders, and service professionals the space needed to do their jobs. Help protect those who protect us. Move over or slow down for emergency lights. Move over, Florida. It's the law. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. We're proud to be your home for Gator women's basketball. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. Interesting email here, and I knew I'd get one of these because... I mentioned the former president, uh, but I didn't mean it to be political, but I will. I try to read emails, and I will. Um, Whitney says, agree social media is out of line with threats, comments, etc. regarding the missed field goal. However, he's paid a lot of money to do a job. The fans are going to sound off in this day and age of social media. Comes with a turf. Didn't say anything was wrong, Whitney, with a fan sounding off, right? There, there's a, you can sound off and say, fire the guy. Uh, he can't kick, get rid of him, he chokes, fine. But not personal stuff, not some of the stuff that goes on social media now from people who have no clue in you know what they're writing. Mark says Steve Bartman's life was ruined pre-social media and pre-Trump. Not sure what Trump has to do with it. My only point in saying that, it is my belief that, and it's not just him, but because I think it's just in general it's, uh, okay to be meaner, and it was not uh, pre-social media either. MySpace was was there. Facebook uh, was there. I think the next year of that. Um, so, but but was it as you know widespread as it is now? No, of course not. Uh, Marshall, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, were you covering the team in '84? Yes. I, I would say as a fan from many years before, 
graduating in 73, that team ended a famous line, wait till next year. Every fan of Florida, that had been the, the straight line. But when Adrian White intercepted that pass against Kentucky, it ended that. Those guys deserve attention. Those guys deserve the chance to all get together and celebrate. The unfortunate thing is people like Lomas Brown, who do NFL TV, I mean radio, and Kerwin Bell, who's college coach, might not be able to be there. But why not a spring game and have a situation where people can can go up and say thank you? I mean, I think those guys deserve something. Well, they you would, were the first. You wouldn't want to do it at a spring game because obviously there isn't the there isn't the um, crowd size that there would be at a regular season game. And granted, you know maybe Kermit, because he's coaching at Western Carolina, couldn't make it. But you you can't look at it that way. You still have to say, where's the biggest bang for the buck here to honor whatever team you're going to honor. But I, I get your point. I, I would just say, I, I I would disagree with you. I think that would bring people to the spring game who were fans of that team. And there's a tremendous amount of today's fan that still was celebrating that team as part of their fandom. So, But I appreciate you having Lomas on. Uh, just a real quality guy, and people have to realize there were some unbelievable people on that team and especially from our immediate area. I mean, people like Chuck Hatch from Branford. There were some GHS guys on that team. You know, there was a lot of – Ricky Natiel from mm-hmm. Newberry. Yep. There was a lot of local people who were on that team. All right, thank you, Steve. Yep, thank you. Marshall? Uh, Williams says, every time I turn on the TV, I see a UF grad from the College of Journalism and Communications. Christina Pink. Mike Morgan, Laura Rutledge, Aaron Andrews, Chris Doring, Israel Gutierrez. Props to WRUF and the College of Journalism for the great job. Uh, it's the thing I take the most pride in. Uh, it's in my 25-plus years of teaching, uh, that is the thing I take the most pride in. Mike says, the game day experience will unquestionably over time be affected by NIL. The North and West have significantly more disposable income than the South. Without a salary cap, this disparity will ultimately favor the teams whose fans have more money to donate. This fact will take time to fully manifest, but when it does, and the reality begins to affect wins and losses, fans will sour over a stacked deck. Attendance will fall. You always say winning will change everything. Trouble with that is given the current state of affairs, I doubt the Gators will ever win significantly as it's almost impossible to build a team year over year, uh, every year, uh, which is a reality. Over an extended period, fans will not support a sport where the opposition enjoys an insurmountable advantage. A salary cap is of paramount importance. Think of that. Think of the discussion of that, a salary cap in college athletics. That's, if you'd have said that five years ago, you'd have been knocked off the perch where we are now. 128 time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the college.
College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a 0. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. I recommend everyone seek out QC Kinetics as an alternative to surgery. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Take your Valentine's experience to a whole new level this year with jewelry, flowers, candy, dinner, and a flyaway romantic getaway. All courtesy of International Diamond Center. Nothing says I love you like romantic jewelry from IDC. From a simple pendant to an exquisite designer ring, we've got a fantastic selection of affordable, timeless gifts. And this year, with any jewelry purchase at IDC of $129 or more, we're giving you some long stem roses, some delicious chocolates, and a gift card for dinner from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. It's one-stop shopping for all things romantic. And if you really want to take it up a notch, we're also giving away island getaways. Just spend $5,000 on jewelry and you'll get a $500 airfare credit for a Caribbean vacation. Spend $10,000 on our jewelry and get three nights including airfare at a tropical resort. On us, make this Valentine's one to remember. Let IDC help you with her jewelry, flowers, chocolates, dinner, and a romantic vacation. We've got it all. Happy Valentine's from International Diamond Center at Celebration Point. Restrictions apply. See store for details. The biggest, baddest rock experience in the United States is here. Welcome to Rockville with Foo Fighters. Motley Crue. Slipknot. Disturbed. Jelly Roll. Limp Biscuit. Queens of the Stone Age and Breaking Benjamin, Evanescence, Cypress Hill, Blackville Brides, A Day to Remember, Anthrax, In This Moment, Primus, Stone Temple Pilots, Tech Nine, and Judas Priest, plus so many more. Welcome to Rockville. Four days, five stages, and 150 bands. May 9th through the 12th at Daytona International Speedway. Passes and camping on sale now at welcometorockville.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. The Florida warmth returns to our area today. A mixture of sun and clouds this afternoon with highs in the upper 70s and lower 80s. This evening, lows only cooling into the mid-60s. Areas of patchy fog will start off our Thursday morning, then increasing clouds Thursday afternoon. Highs near 80 with a slight chance for a few passing showers. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. This is Mark Wise with ESPN. And this is Steve Russell. And this is Hoop. There it is. Has anyone else heard a game of basketball? 
Listen live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. as we talk hoops, the Gators, the SEC, and the top games in all of college basketball. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and WRUF.com. Or listen at any time by finding Hoop There It Is on your favorite podcast platform. No radio access? Don't worry. We have you covered. Listen to Gators play-by-play anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Last half hour of our program today, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Joe says, I enjoyed the segment with Lomas. Disappointed he didn't recognize Crawford Kerr as a member of the Great Wall. Played seven years in the NFL. 84 teams should definitely be recognized during halftime of a game. I, I haven't really given you my two cents worth here, so here it is. There are two separate and distinct uh, avenues here we're walking down. One is the UAA Avenue. I can understand why they would be hesitant to honor a team that, or a program, if you will, that was whacked by NCAA sanction and had a championship taken away there was cheating period and it was pretty rampant now what i get and i think it's true is that florida wasn't doing much different than anybody else was but they got caught okay well they got caught that's a fact good bad wrong or right they got caught but the team did win the championship on the field. No doubt. So that's the slope we're on here. And it's not an easy one for the Athletic Association because perhaps in their eyes, they're thinking, well, we're honoring a team that cheated. And we don't want to do that. I get it. And remember, Steve, Coach Burrier, still has the first official SEC championship. And I think a lot of people like that, that it is Coach Spurrier that had the first one. So my solution to it is just to say, if they're honored, if I'm doing the public address announcing for it, ladies and gentlemen, 40 years ago, the 1984 Gator football team won the Southeastern Conference Championship on the field of play. We honor that. And you can maybe even make another sentence after that and even say, however, after sanctions, the team was stripped of its title by the SEC. But they did win it on the field. To me, that's something I think 
each side could live with. If you acknowledge publicly, and I don't know how the team would react to that, but I don't know how they would react against it because all that's being said is what actually happened. The title was stripped from them, not by Florida. And back then, because again, I covered that, you know, Marshall Kreiser, the president then, was adamant that it should have been taken away. Adamant. Fought for it. But by a vote of the other SEC schools, it was. So if you can craft a statement, something like that, I think it's it covers both sides, and those guys can be honored for what they did. I don't know. I don't know. And as people have pointed out, you know, they're not getting any younger either. Um, so we'll see. 392-8255 tomorrow. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, here to dissect Florida, Mississippi State. Look ahead to Georgia. And then uh, Johnny Wiggs, Santa Fe College baseball coach, will join us. They open their season, I think, Friday. Um, so there we go. Mike says, anybody that reads the 67 charges, uh, they were mostly minor infractions. Uh, I don't agree with that. I have a copy of what that is. And I, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll get out of the mothballs and read it to you of what the NCA was alleging there. Uh, okay, let's see. I've got a couple of emails. Go to Porter. Hi, Porter. Hey, Steve. Um, I, I, I find your uh, suggestion for the recognition pretty, pretty uh, intriguing. It's very similar to the idea I had for the Hall of Fame for baseball. Um, I thought that uh, it would be easier and it would avoid a lot of the issues if baseball treated it like uh, a timeline. Because generations change, and uh, they could uh, be teaching history as it as it is, because it's you you're always looking at it uh, in your own perspective, and it's hard to put those in perspective. So if they had it basically generational, so they had the dead ball era, and it talks about the the the, the, the big players in that era, and then uh, throughout the, the the things that happened, like the lowering of the mound, and mentoring Bobby, and then the steroid era, and rather than focusing on just the individuals, I think. Uh, that would that would be sort of beneficial to to, to all, um, and then you could have you still have the the elite or the whatever whatever you want to call it, and if you are electing to keep certain players out, uh, then then you know so be it. But um, I think that would sort of be better for the for the the era, the game, the fan, and 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 I think fairer to the players of all because um, it's it's hard for us to put into perspective of the numbers and statistics that some from a 1927 season and a 1957 season and a 1997 season and 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 because we're instinctively comparing them together based on our time and that's not fair so i think if they did it almost like a timeline i think it would be uh something similar uh for the football because teams that went to bowl games now as opposed to a team that went to a bowl game in, in 78 or 76 or whatever dramatically different because there were only you know however many a dozen bowl games or whatever um, so I, I think that would be informative and fair to the players from the different era. Um, I don't know exactly how you would do it, but um, something like that. And that sort of sounds to me kind of like uh, the way you described it. Is that, uh, you, do you see where I'm going with that? Frankly, no, um, because I think you're talking apples and oranges here. Okay. 
you're talking about a player on in the eighty on the eighty four team that might have taken money. Okay, in other words, something illegal from the NCAA. That doesn't mm-hmm. affect their playing. That doesn't affect their performance. Right? PEDs do. Okay, totally fair, enough, fair enough. And the yeah. argument for those who say put the A-Rods of the world, the Clemenses of the world in, is that, well, let's go back to your point. Back in the day, guys were throwing a spitball. Well, that wasn't legal either. So did that enhance, you know, them winning more games than they would have? I mean, that's some of the argument I hear. But that one is illegal, one, the other is substance, which, so I mean, you know, you could talk about that from that old dark. Well, to, to, to taking uppers back in the day when transportation and everything was a lot different than it is now. Some guys did something to have an edge and, and you know, have a little more pep in their step and others didn't. And and that's something that we, I don't think, translates well to the later generations. So if it's done sort of in a you know, telling, and I, again, I wasn't trying to, you know, uh, specifically tie it to that. I just, I think that's a little more, because uh, that would the, the '84 team and their accomplishments, uh, you know, the, the season John Reeves had '69, um, and of course Spurs always uh, quick to point out the, the uh, his first teams that, that weren't recognized as SEC champs, but they were the best in the SEC. All right, I think it's a timeline might be good. All right, Steve, All right. enjoy the show. Thanks, yep. Porter. Thank you, David. Hello. Hey, Steve. How you doing? All right. Good. So, uh, I think uh, a couple of things. Lomas Brown belongs in the Ring of Honor. Um, I'm pretty sure he meets one of those criteria in being a consensus uh, All-American by uh, all the the rating services. And while uh, he's not in the NFL Hall of Fame, which has always been a bizarre kind of thing to me to be in the Florida Ring of Honor criteria possibility, but it's okay. He deserves to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. There's just no doubt in my mind. I'm a huge Lomas and uh, and that Great Wall of Florida fan. Uh, uh, they he was he was a dude. 18 years in the league. Uh, he was a rock, wasn't he? I think 20 years in the league, actually. Yeah, yeah, really. I, I don't. I, I looked over uh, some projections of lists and stuff, and he's not on any of them. I don't know whether there's. I think in his head, everything there's a bit of a political end uh, things, and I, I don't know where Lomas comes up short in any way for the NFL Hall. Do you have any idea? Um, no. I mean, I don't know. First of all, is longevity a yeah. criteria? I, I mean, certainly yeah. one of them, okay? And you're right. It is, I just looked it up. It is 18 seasons, so you were right. right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times he was all pro, right? He was at least at least once or twice. I well, think. but that's not a lot in 18 years. Yeah, but... No, but uh, okay. that's not. Right. If you're talking yeah, Hall of Fame, you're talking well, the best of the best. we got to check more, because I think he may have been more than that. But you're right, the best of the best. I agree with that. But certainly, if you that kind of longevity, I don't know that anybody's ever done any more. And that should be recognized, too, for being a, uh, a starter in the workhorse. The line just doesn't get much... Uh, much respect. Plus, he played for the Lions, you know? <laughs> and the Lions uh, never got much respect uh, during his playing career. 
Or did they hey, I, I have his I have his bio. Won yeah, a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. He was yeah, a first team all pro one time. Just once, okay. He was a second team all pro several times, and he went to some right. Pro Bowl games. But in terms yeah. of being a an all pro, mm-hmm. once. Yeah. So well, that's not Hall of Fame. Longevity, yes. Very, okay. and, and nobody likes Lomas Brown more than me. I love the dude. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if yeah. you took Lomas Brown's name off this and you said, here's player X, and, you, and I read you the criteria, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Well, it does go back to the other kind of criteria that make more sense anyway, and uh, uh, they should be mostly, mostly associated with their playing days at the University of Florida, although I cheer them all on when they go into their poor career, careers. But certainly he was the anchor of an incredible life. Another topic. Okay. So I, I, oh, go ahead, quickly. Okay, you nailed it, I thought, with your uh, your comment that said we could come up with some language to appropriately use in honoring them. They deserve that. It's been 40 years. You know, yeah, maybe they took some impermissible things that their coaches gave them, but they didn't uh, They didn't go out there and... Uh, and seek all kinds of bad stuff. They were, they were, they did their jobs, and they were players. And they were great. And they deserve recognition by uh, for their 40th anniversary. Because, as you said, they're getting older. And my favorite, I'll close with this. My favorite of that group is always Neil Anderson, because Neil was one of the only players that I know of that built into his contract when he graduated, when he signed with the Bears. He built in a gift to the women's tennis program. A pretty big gift. I think it was like fifty grand, and did a scholarship. So go, Neil Anderson, and congrats to uh, the eighty uh, fours. All right, thank you for your call. One forty six time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Final segment coming up. ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Good afternoon. This is Lacey Rogers. The 12 and 6 Gators men's hoops host the 13 and 5 Mississippi State Bulldogs tonight in the O'Connell Center. The last time these teams faced off was in the 2023 SEC tournament, where the Bulldogs won in overtime 69 to 68. Florida's past two games have been on the road, and this is their sixth SEC opponent in a row. Florida has won four of their last eight games against Mississippi State. Coverage starts here at eight. Gators softball Skylar Wallace and Kendra Falby have been selected to the 2024 preseason All-SEC team, while the team is projected to finish 7th among the SEC. High school boys basketball today features Eastside versus Santa Fe and North Marion versus Wildwood. This is your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Lacey Rogers. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. Oh, they're just nice people. It's not a bad, bad trip to the dentist like it was when I was younger. You know, that was a horrible thing. And, and now it's, it's, you go in and there are nice people there. They talk to you. They don't hurt you. <laughs> this is fairly important to me. Yeah. Well, and you look forward to coming here. It's not yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to the dentist. It's okay. We're going in to see everybody at Exceptional Dentistry. It sounds silly, but it makes a difference in the way you look and feel about things. So it's not just coming to the dentist. It's we being... come see our friends. Exactly. They're the best. That's it. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. 
please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Man, it is a beautiful day to fish. Here's your life jacket. You know I can swim, right? So could a lot of people who died falling overboard. Come on, I'm not a kid. Fatalities are often men over 30. It's too hot to wear one. These new ones are complete. <sighs> there, happy? Ooh, I got one! Glad you wore the life jacket. Okay, yes. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission reminds you to wear your life jacket. Visit wearitflorida.com. Wear it, Florida. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Babbel. Language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Start learning a language today at Babbel.com. The WRUF Radio app. Your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. All right, home stretch of our Wednesday show today. Tennessee Mike, hello. Hey, Steve, I guess i got an SEC basketball call for you today, an NFL knickknack, see if I can make you laugh. You know my sense of humor. Okay. Hey, uh, Steve, here comes Tolu Smith. This guy's one of these guys that seems like he's been in the league forever, doesn't he? Kind of, yeah. Uh, and for Mississippi State, I'm sure glad to have him back. He's a good player. Yeah, he is. Interesting career path for the Mississippi State coach, uh, Chris Jans. I think he might have come out of the junior college thing. Okay. Not sure about that, but kind of interesting career path. I don't know how, where, I'm, how whatever on that. Hey, uh, here's what, explain this to me. Kentucky thinks they got six NBA players, and I think they're right. Just looking at their roster. Say that, yeah, I did, you got cut out your first who? Yeah, yeah, I had a call waiting. Here it is again. Might happen one more time. Kentucky's got six NBA players, they think, and I agree with them. Then the scouts usually take anything coming out of Kentucky. South Carolina's got no thought to be NBA prospects. How does a team with six NBA prospects get roached by six, uh, 17 points last night? Because sometimes NBA prospects don't play like NBA prospects, and sometimes guys who aren't NBA prospects play better and what they normally play on a given night. That's the beauty of athletics. Are you as amazed by that as me? No. No, because it happens all the time. Upsets happen all the time. So, no, doesn't that doesn't. And historically, if you look at the recent history between South Carolina and Kentucky, whoever's playing, South Carolina's done pretty well against them. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, right. But 
mean, we all know Kentucky's locked and loaded every year. Just amazing to me that could ever happen. All right, Steve, two things real quick. Uh, don't know if you agree with me on this or not. I'm going to go with a, um, a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, and I think um, Mahomes is going to show Lamar Jackson who's daddy. You want to go with me on that? Nope. Uh, Ravens, Niners. Okay. You know Lamar Jackson's playoff history, don't you? Yep. Okay. Hey, last thing for you, Steve. Um, Todd Hilton got in the Hall of Fame last night. I would have voted against him. Did you? Uh, I heard about this. Uh, make you laugh here. Uh, heard uh, Pat Dooley voted for a catcher coming out of Michigan. Hang in there. Okay. Thank you. Three nine two eight two five five. You can email. Uh, I just better not say anything. Uh, S Russell at wruf dot com. Um, and Andrew says Mike's email about top bid gets top player doesn't work because there's so much talent. We act like talent's limited. If we don't get the top player, we're left with nobodies. Look at how Connect was at Northern Colorado. I think the point, though, Andrew, he was making is that the playing field isn't level to get the top-tier players. Not to say there's not talent below that, but I think the, the issue now, especially the way it is at Florida to this point, is there is the either the reality or the perception that Florida can't get top-tier talent with money, just, at least on a consistent basis. Uh, let's see. Richard says, UF and Coach Pell were railroaded in 84. Pell and UF beat the league, got caught with infractions that others were getting by with, and got busted. Only Auburn rose in UF's legal defense Get a fan should have a soft spot for Auburn in that regard. Um, well, Richard, I will say this. Whether or not other schools were doing it, and I do believe that other schools were in some way, shape, or form, it doesn't excuse what Florida did or what Coach Pell did. Simple. They cheated. There, there's no getting around that. There's no questioning that. That's what they did. That's like saying, well, I murdered somebody because other people were murdering people. That doesn't excuse it. But they got caught. And that's true. And I can tell you from talking to people that other schools were doing it. Were they doing it to the extent that Florida was doing it? I don't know. Uh, all right. Thomas says, based on recent events, I believe both the 84 and 90 teams should be recognized as SEC champs. The NCAA just recognized as national champs in football a team they admit that's, that's cheated. Uh, their cheating directly affected effectiveness of that team, Michigan, on the field. The NCAA should have disqualified Michigan from any postseason play after the admission of sign stealing. Sign stealing is not illegal. I'm going to say it again. Sign stealing is not illegal. Now, the way they did it, okay, I'm with you. Um uh, since they did not, did not, their exclusion of Florida seems rather hollow. It's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges here. Uh, this would perhaps solve the FSU problem. I'm not convinced that selection committee would have placed FSU in their wounded condition in the playoff ahead of Georgia. Tom is a lot there to sift through a lot of different things, but thank you for that. I appreciate it. Always do when pe folks email. Uh, Allen, Allen's going back to the fumble through the end zone. The other day, it says, uh, this rule's never made sense to me. 
doesn't align with any other fumble in the field of play. I think the fumble rule should be consistent. If the defense recovers in the end zone touchback, if no one recovers, the ball is returned to the spot of the fumble. I think they will take another look at this and see. And that is the... Uh, so, okay, so if you fumble the ball, right, and you fumble it out of the end zone, where do you return it to? Right? I guess you're, what you're saying is touchback. Um, but again, fumbled out of the end zone. You don't recover it, so... I'll take devil's advocate here. You're rewarding the team that fumbled to get the ball back. The counter-argument to that was made to me the other day by somebody that said, well, okay, you're right. It does reward them, but the defense didn't recover it. Well, maybe the defense couldn't recover it because it went out. You get where I'm going, right? So I'm not sure this is a great rule. It doesn't happen a lot, fortunately. Um We'll see what happens with this. I do think they'll do something with this. Um, Mike says the NCAA had it out for Pell. They followed him from Clemson. For those who don't know, I was very close to Charlie Pell. I spoke at his funeral. He always treated me great as a young, up-and-coming sports journalist. He never treated me like I was a kid. And I was a kid for part of the time that I covered him. But there were issues at Clemson with him, too. That's one of the reasons why he left Clemson. So, again, be fair here. And and to say that that stuff now is done is revisionist history. Because you're not judged on what, you're not judged on today's standard, you're judged on the standard of the time. And I have the documentation. I saved it. It was enough for the university to do what it did. So, that's all I can say. That's our show tomorrow. The Voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly here. We'll talk Florida, Mississippi State. Thanks to Jose Tovar for producing the show. We thank you for listening. I'm Steve Russell. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Enjoy the rest of this Wednesday.